The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. Listen, food brings out the passion in people, so let's talk about food together. Common Ground Minnesota is an online resource for you to do that, and it's 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 run by volunteer women farmers from Minnesota of all walks. We're talking big farms, small farms, we're talking dairy, we're talking produce. These women in agriculture are growing and raising the food that we all eat. We love to have a chat with them about what it, what it means to be sustainable, and what does it mean when they're using pesticides, and why are they doing it. All of this is available at Common Ground Minnesota website. It's commongroundminnesota.com. And then on that new website, you guys, there are videos, there's you know FAQs, there's topics, there's a great blog, all sorts of things, and recipes. And farm dogs, too, by the way. So there you go. Commongroundminnesota.com is your great resource for everything food and families and farms. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn. One time Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen from Stephanie's Dish. I'm Stephanie March. Welcome to the last show of the season. It is. Isn't that is, crazy? It is crazy because it's only like December 18th. I, I just looked down at my pants and I have like a giant stain from eating out last night. Okay, well. On my pants. Did you so sleep in good. your in your clothes? Kind of. Okay. Just, you know. Next well, welcome to the, bed, to the holidays then. <laughs> <laughs> I did put a fresh... Uh, swipe of deodorant on the old deodorant so at least i won't smell so there's that um lots of dining out times this week though and you've been dining out some too missy i have i this week i don't think i have actually (laughs) oh i feel like i just keep going out it's so fun we have a great show today lots of holiday food cooking yes a little bit of last minute foodie gift stuff yep uh, I've got like all the drinks and the mold things for you. Good, good. Yeah, we're going to have a good, good show. Yeah, it's time to think about that feast, you know what I mean? And whether that's chill or whether that's, you know, exciting and like a big project or whatever, you know, to me, it's like uh, it, there's so much pressure off of the Christmas feast for me because of Thanksgiving is the big day, right? Yeah. And then so Christmas is just sort of you know, Christmas Eve is usually my mom and church and like small things or it's very non-traditional, non-conventional um, after the gorilla drop, you know, situation. <clears throat> and um, and then Christmas Day is kind of like we just have had a breakfast situation, like a brunchy thing. Yep. And then we move on to potentially some thing that I decide to cook. Usually it takes too long. Usually we're fully drunk, you know. <laughs> well, we do. A, we do. So Christmas Eve. So the December 23rd, we're going to our friends for Hot Pot. Uh-huh. So I'm excited about that. December 24th, we do the big Swedish Christmas smorgasbord buffet with a couple families that Kurt's been doing for 50 years. Yep. 
And then Christmas Day, we have bagels in the morning with lox and cream cheese. And then we do a prime rib dinner. But Kurt's mom's there and Kurt's there. So it kind of ends up being him and his mom. And I just sort of come in and do the gravy. Yeah. So as long as I have like the table set and the stuff set out, my actual role is kind of limited. And I do have to make I have to make Swedish meatballs for 28 people. Okay. So that's a lot. And we kind of, this is a funny story. We kind of were wondering <clears throat> if like we went to Ikea and if we got the frozen meatballs. Would it, anybody know? Like, would they know? No, no, and we kind of no, no, thought no. about it. Yeah. And Kurt went. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, they're totally out. out. Of course like, they are. He, he said Ikea has like nothing. He goes, clearly there are shipping containers that yeah. are stuck somewhere because no, they I, have no inventory. No, I know. I've tried to buy. That's It's not a good time to move into a new house because you're like, oh, you know what I really need is like, couple cute little step stools or yeah. like I need, you know, I, yeah, I, I, it's totally out and there's, they can't get any more. Yeah. So that's just, he said it was like, it was like a tornado had come through the yeah. store and there's just nothing. There's nothing. And I feel so bad for them. Yeah. I know. You go to work every day and you got nothing. You but, got nothing. So we'll make the meatballs and just spend a day rolling and trolling. So you are going to do it? Well, yeah. I mean, there's also, you know, like the Simix meatballs. I don't, I don't ever buy meatballs, so I don't know, but I'm sure there's people who will tell you that like Simix or the no name or anything like yeah, that. No, those sweet meatballs at Ikea are pretty on point in terms of what a Swedish meatball is and feels like and tastes like. Yeah. So I would have maybe done it. Nah, we're just no. going to go buy the stuff. Okay. We'll do it. Yeah. Okay. We'll just make it a day. And, you know, Kurt is in the uh, dad zone. So for all of you dads listening, hopefully you are some dads listening. You're in the dad zone where, let's just be honest, your Christmas morning is like, oh, look what Santa brought the kids because you didn't bring it. You didn't wrap it. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't know. I, got, I was trying to, where are we going? Yeah, with so if Kurt thing? feels like he wants to be the meatball king, yes. please yes. feel free, because other than shoveling, which that's about been your contribution. Right? <laughs> I don't know, though. That's and, and Kurt is old school, for sure. There are a lot more dads who are like, I remember my... Friends who are like, okay, they have assignments. Like this kid Which gets is this. Great. This kid smart gets, for you, ladies. They go to the, they go to the, yes. you know, mall. And then there's some, you know, I would say that there's some dads who are very involved in terms of like, all right, this year we're going to build the kids a treehouse or something like that. That's fine, but someone still has to buy the gifts, wrap yeah. the gifts, get the food, prepare the food. Yeah, like it just like all of a sudden it magically shows up, and like you're feeling this down deep. Well, and I'm actually, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I'm I am much less bitter than I've been in years past. Okay. Because I've spread it out. Yeah. And I've been just vocal about it. Sure. And I started out like rapping. I started rapping three weeks ago, so I'm almost done. So I can like enjoy the time and I don't have to feel like, because he did say to me yesterday, well, do we have a present for my mom yet? I was like, um, yeah, nine of them, but yeah. she needs two more to keep up with everybody else. Can you get those? Yeah. So just funny. See, this is the thing. This I, is yeah. the thing. I mean, you, you just said man. nine presents and she needs two more. Well, you know, I've tr I tried to do the minimal Christmas. I know. I, I know. It's I every. It just. It's. I have to tell you, it's just like ever since we moved to this, like you know, the draw where it's like one on one and like it's so great. I I just and I don't know if they're listening, so I'm not going to say what I got, but I just had. Uh, I have Ryan, you know, uh, Joey's uh, sig fig, and I got to tell you, like. I mean, I blew the hundred dollars out of the water, sure. you know what I mean? But that was it. I like I on one thing that was really great. And I'm so I, glad. That's what's so great about gift giving, though. Yeah. Like, I like giving gifts. I do, too. And I know you do. And I don't and I'm trying. I don't mean to shame you. And it's just I'm it's seriously right. so I like think back to I just remember s sitting with one of my um, 
you know, way, way back when one of my cousins was very little and she's like a third cousin. So, um, and we were, I was in college, I think, and we were sitting in this, in this house and these aunt and uncles were all hanging out and this girl, she was the only kid. She had 38 packages to undo. Oh, that was me as a kid. I know. And I'm just like, but there's, there's a point where she became desensitized. Uh-huh. We had to take a break. We had to <laughs> yep. have an intermission in the gift smoke opening. Break. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the and smoking it, room. Yeah, and we just sort of did that, and it was like, okay. The room we opened presents in was like the smoking room at the airport yeah, lounge. Yeah, we talked about that. Oh. oh, I can't believe you had smokes and presents. Oh, all day, 10 It's hours. so weird. We're all like, yeah, isn't it the past It was like such that? an affair. Oh, my God. Okay, hey, did you go to Mr. Paul's? I did. I've been to Mr. Paul's a couple times, but you went. Because you, you finally went. And it was excellent. Yes. Loved. Loved the you room. You had a good time. Loved the vibe. The boudin balls. Yep. Which are like a gumbo rice ball fried and served with this little remulati dipping sauce. Was yeah. delicious. I Those were my probably my least favorite. But oh, I think I that might have been an execution issue with me. So I'm not ripping on them. But I just was like, people are loving them. And I'm like, yeah, wasn't. I yeah. didn't get the thing then. So. Wood-fired grilled oysters. They those were smokiest deliciousness. Yep, I love those. Uh, the duck was fantastic. Super crispy skin. I did not have the duck. Really well prepared. And it was on wild rice, which is kind of traditional. But the wild rice had these really delicious chunks of andouille sausage that were spicy. Yeah. So it was just, it was good. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. The crawfish etouffee was great. The etouffee was delicious. Did you have popovers? Mm, yes. Okay. Only because we made... The manager go get one for us because they come with like a relish tray. Yeah. That's like this big sort of lazy Susan situation. There yep. were just two of us. So yep. we were like, can we just get one popover? Please? I know. I hope that they actually do like a little popover side that so you that could you order could it. just yeah. do that. But I mean, the whole thing is supposed to be celebration and, and you felt like the room vibe was good. There was Very. good energy and um, also went to Kaluna last night. Oh, you did. Is that I the did. first time you've been? Yes. What'd you think? So beautiful. I felt like I was in like Santa Monica or Miami or L.A. Uh, We had a server who, bless her heart, first day. She was like, it's my first day. And then she saw Ann Kim come over, or Anna Med come over and talk to us. And I could tell she was she just, was just panicked. Like losing your mind. And so <clears throat> came over a little bit later and she was like, I think I freaked out my server. It's her first day. How's she doing? She's doing great. You know, she she described the menu well. If anything, she was just tentative in every movement. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, it was great. The food was really good. We had the whole fish. We had the beef jerky kind of appetizer. We had a really lovely mushroom salad, oh. which was all mushrooms. Oh yes, and no, I love with a little with a crunchiness yes. to it. That salad, that mushroom situation, is something I think about all the time. Me too. It's it was real delicious. surprising. Yeah, and I'm like, I like mushrooms as much as the next guy, but no. I'm not like the umami on that thing. It was real good. It was meaty. Like if you're thinking of mm-hmm. something for someone who. Like, Allie Kaplan would love that. Mushroom. And I kept going back for more. Like, we yeah. literally ate that whole thing. Yeah. I and then that. my uh, my friend had the beef sort of Malaysian curry. Yeah. Which was really good. Uh, Gavin Kaysen walked in and was sitting with some friends, and we talked a little bit. And then I was getting ready to leave. I was like, oh, what'd you order? He goes, all of it. All of it. <laughs> and I love eating like that, where I you know. go with like a table of eight, yeah. and you just order you just every go, single thing. Everything, please. Yes. Because it's not super huge menu, but it's... Big. Yeah. It's, There's a lot, but it, it's good. It was super good. Did you get the rainbow rice? You didn't do that? No. I love that. And it, there were just the three of us. And then it. we were there kind of a long time. So I had three glasses of wine. Got it. And then my friend like picked up the bill. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, because he doesn't even drink. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm like, I hate three being glasses that of wine person. is not too bad. 
We were there like almost three hours, I guess. Oh, yeah. oh okay. So, yeah. Um, hey, I just want to say before we take a quick break, there is, uh, I did get out to that Northern Express. Was it a blast? It's really a great thing, you guys. Yeah, and fun. we went out and I did judged a cookie contest thing with Suze Ellickson and Golnaz. And I, you know what? It's like if you've got kids and especially now with the fresh snow, just it's kind of magical. I mean, you're going to wait in line to see Santa, but the elves are bringing you cookies while you're doing it. And there's just like places for your kids to flop around and just mess around. And that's kind of great. Love it. You can shop. You can eat a little bit. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great idea. Love it. There you go. All right. We have a great show. We're going to come back and talk about the mains. When we get back, you're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Maker's Mark. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. Uh, weather report. It is. It did snow last night. If you haven't been outside, pretty, though. it's very pretty outside. It's very fluffy. Um, and shout out to my neighbors across the street who last week dug me out. So that was kind of it sweet. It was nice. I it was, was very sweet. You were like doing the Lord's work last weekend. She you I just carted me gone. all over town. Yeah, I carted you. And then I went and I did. I went out to my mom's. I shoveled her out. And then I went to this Northern Express. And then I went to dinner. And then I got home at like 930. And I'd had a couple of martinis. And, it and was I was shoveled. like, and I was like, I'm going to just as I was driving up, I was like, Maybe I can just shovel in the morning. It's not going to matter that much. And then it was shoveled. So, so nice. Shout out to my cute, cute, cute neighbors who have the best, cutest moon face baby. Um, okay. So here's the thing, right? Now, I, you know, watch the trends. You know what I mean? I watch everybody. Oh, like, I am already loading them up for the January yeah, 8th show. Yeah. So. No, and we're going to talk about, yeah, the national, like the overarching yep. trends of everybody. I have to think that the, the biggest trend of this season of the holiday cooking season is is beef wellington which is weird which was kind of the trend it, 4 years ago before a pandemic it was started it was you're right it was started because grand cafe she had started doing yep. these beautiful things and i think it's just i think it's like it has carried over and this is but and i think this is the thing the chefs were doing it and so now it sort of feels like people are trying it and there's more beef wellington recipes out there the new york times just put one up yesterday and i was just very very interested in it because one, first of all, just the the elephant in the room is that, dude, beef tenderloins are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they are not cheap, and this is an expensive endeavor. So if you're gonna do it, I feel like this is actually a great way because it's hard to overcook a beef Wellington because you've got it all nicely done, right? I mean, it's all wrapped up. So a beef Wellington, if you don't know, you have a beef tenderloin, you know, a big long, you know, the most tender cut of the meat of the of the steak of the bowl of the whatever. And then you basically, you wrap it in sort of a mushroom. You give it sort of a mushroom, like it's a, it's a duxel, which we are going to say it wrong. So I'll say like a duel or something like that. Duchelle. But you put that and then you wrap it all in puff pastry and then you cook it. And so it's supposed to be like, you know, you get this beautiful sort of crustiness to it and everything else. Um, and the earthiness I, of the mushroom. The what? Yeah, the earthiness. It's, it's like, as, as writers buttery. like to say, it's dusky. <laughs> Don't you use the word dusky and look at me like that. Dusky mushrooms. <laughs> Not dusty. Dusky. Dus- it's close enough to it's dusty. Too hard. It's hard for you with the I dusty. I feel like we're doing a Saturday Night Live okay. episode we won't and even I can't get into stop it. laughing. We won't get into it. But the thing about, also, I want to tell you about the, the thing about that for me, the funny thing is, so for this year, you guys, for Christmas Day, I am not cooking in my own kitchen. I am cooking in my daughter's kitchen because Fun. we are going over to her house because God, you're making the transition. I know. I mean, like, here's the thing. I got to be honest you're with the you. Grandma. 
Sure, but the thing is, is like, no, you're the grandma that's going over to the kid's house. But dude, grandma's go. I, my grandma never came to my house and cooked. Oh yeah, my grandma comes. We always went to her house. You always go to the grandma's house, though, don't you? Well, whoever. I mean, at some point, the grandmas move into apartments, and then you go to okay, the house. Look, I am fifty. <laughs> I am not ninety. Thank you. Okay. Um. So the point of it is, though, this is the first. Like, here's the thing: I've never really had super traditional Christmas. I'm not. I can't say like. Like when you say that you were, have been with friends for 50 years yes. doing Christmas Eve, I don't have that. I've had so many different renditions of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And part of it's because of blended families and yeah. part of it's because yeah. of, you know, divorce and everything else. Like, I don't have like this thing that's we've always done this. We don't have that. Well, maybe you're starting it with Megan. I'm What I'm saying is I'm OK to not have that. I think it would be weird to all of a sudden do that and be like, well, now we're doing this for 30 years. I don't think that's in. I don't think that's baked in, you know. So I think we're having, you know, just another version and I'm kind of happy by that, you know. And so it's just going to be harder for me because I've been in my kitchen and I've been the food control and we all know I love to control in that way. And so this is like a different thing. I have to go cook in her kitchen and Joey and Ryan are going to be there and Joey's going to help cook. And then we have like sous chefs. Jake and Matt can hold knives and do the things. And Andrew. Andrew can cook too. What are you going to make? Beef Wellington. Okay. (laughs) Bury the lead. No, but here's the other thing, and this is actually more important. I'm going to do a beef Wellington, but not everybody loves beef like I do in the family. Like, I think I'm the beefiest of the beef. Yep. I'm going to do pork Wellington. Huh. And this is something that I used to do when they were kids, and Megan actually brought it up. She's like, why don't you do that pork thing you used to do when we were kids? And I thought, God, I haven't made that in forever. And it's this is an economical way of doing this, you guys. And you can kind of take the Wellington idea and switch it up. So... What I want to let you know is you can buy those because you can get a couple pork tenderloins yep. in a, you know, they come two in a bag usually. Um, and so you can make two of them. But what I like to do is I take that tenderloin and you have your puff pastry all laid out and I put pesto on the top of the pork tenderloin and then I wrap that in prosciutto. And then I put a little layer of, no, I'm sorry. I go, I go with the pesto and then I put goat cheese on the puff pastry and then I put, um, prosciutto so it goes puff pastry goat cheese prosciutto and then you put the tenderloin with the rubbed pesto in the middle of that do you see what i'm saying then you roll it Uh uh-huh and then you get this lovely sort of like puff pastry encased thing and you cook it like that i don't use when i use pork i don't do the mushrooms i don't do i do it differently is what i'm saying but you can do anything there's people who have done like apples and you know fennel and all that kind of stuff in your pork tenderloin anything like a uh, plums or apricots or prunes. apricots would be lovely, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a really great one too. So I'm saying, like, if you if you're a little intimidated by the bigger beef tenderloin things that are happening, you can do that. Puff pastry is magic. Let's too. talk about puff pastry, and this is actually mm-hmm. part of a main part of this. Do you have a favorite? Do you go Pepperidge yeah. Farm or do you do the Dufour? I do the Dufour if I can find it because it's hard to find. Yeah, and if I can't find it, I do Pepperidge Farms, and it's fine. It's not the best. But I it's will fine. say that Pepperidge Farms has. I mean, it's cracky yeah. and it gets a little weird, but for the most part, it's always worked for me. Yeah. Like in if, if what you're looking for in puff pastry is puff and a buttery texture, Dufour is going to have a better buttery situation. And a better flavor. Yeah, but it does have a better flavor. When you have it wrapped around all this cheese and all the meats, meats and, and like everything flavor. else. Right. It doesn't actually, you like don't. the flavor is only going to be subsidiary to what the bigger things you're doing. And I think if you're using puff pastry, like if you're using it in a, in Depending on how you're using it. If you're using it to do a chicken pot pie, you know, yeah. you got the gravy and all the stuff. Yeah. But if you're using it like in a, where the puff pastry really has to be the star where you're making like a twist, a cheese twist yes. or something. Yes. A then, 
you know, that buttery is important, but. Well, also, if you're doing, if you're using the puff pastry to make those little, like a little tiny tartlet or something, you know, that you cut out and you hollow the center out, or if you're doing like pizza, you know, basically like a flatbread with it, that I think you're better off using something that has more flavor. The Dufour is better than that. Do you have any other tips for puff pastry, like rolling out or room temperature or anything like that? Yeah, room temperature. I I take it out of the freezer the night before, so it's in the refrigerator. That's a good idea. And then I lay it on the counter. And I let it sit out for like 15 minutes. I maybe put a wet towel on top of it. Sometimes I don't. And then I get Keeping a little, it moist is key, though. Because a little flour. If and, it dries out, then it's, it cracks a little mm-hmm. bit more. But I would say don't worry too hard about your puff pastry in terms of like if it... Because it always... You can pinch it always together. Yeah, like it always totally. comes back together. So Fun. I'm going to put a couple of different... I'm going to put a pork wellington and a beef wellington recipe up on weekly on the Facebook. So you guys, if in case you want to go at it, go at it. Love it. We'll We'll be right back. Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. We are back on the weekly dish and we are talking about all the things. So this is going to be a a uh, compilation of some of the things that I have made over the years and some of the things that I think would be good if you're looking for ideas. So one of the things about the Swedish meatballs that I have to make all, you know, 150 meatballs worth. Yeah. Is that they're relatively inexpensive this year because you can use meatball mix and meatloaf mix. So meatloaf mix has beef, pork and veal typically. And because there are other things and not just beef, as in the ground beef and as in the fancy beef, it's a little bit cheaper because there's pork in there. What do you normally make with your meatballs? I guess. Well, or what is your meatloaf meatball difference? Because mine are always my meatloaf well, is my meatballs is my meatloaf. Okay, normally a veal meatball that we would make for this event is a special mix from Ingebrigtsen's. Oh, and that Ken said Swedish meatballs, Ingebrigtsen's. Yeah, and lots of veal is okay. in the mix. Okay, I haven't pre-ordered, so we maybe will get there. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Okay, but I have. Uh, meatloaf mix in my free- freezer and I was like oh let me look at that and I looked at it and it's like a third is beef a third is pork a third is veal so I could use those too yeah so See, I this is funny because I think I never buy I always I never buy what says meatball or meatloaf right. mix but to me they're this it's funny they're the same thing exactly like, I sit there and I go are we doing the meatballs or are we doing the meatloaf today exactly so and so traditionally that's been a cheaper situation right 
to buy, you know, the ground meat already, the meat's already ground. So that feels like, cause I have to buy eight pounds of meat. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably going to be a hundred bucks. I guess if you're buying veal, I guess I don't know. I don't know what that cost looks like. I don't know what the breakdown is. I don't I'm know. I'm saying it's a good situation Three pounds this are like year. nine bucks. This is what I feel like. Uh, a pound and a half at Lunds and Byerly's of the meatloaf mix is $9. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Oh, wow. But so I... Because veal is more expensive. And to feed 25 people, like a hundred bucks probably isn't too bad. No, 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 no. Not at all. So that if you're looking for kind of an inexpen- more inexpensive way... To do something for your family, a Swedish meatball, this might be the year. Yeah, that's Because then you do mashed potatoes, you got a little gravy, you can have some kind of a acidy salad, and then you got like a whole meal. Yeah. With some bread. Yep, yep. Um, another thing that is not super expensive, whatever you're having, and this kind of goes with your paste puff pastry, a Yorkshire pudding or a popover is a not expensive opportunity to wow your guests. Yes. It's flour, it's butter. And you need to have a popover pan. Yes. But they're delicious. It makes me think that maybe I'm going to make popovers too. They're great. They're always a hit, even if they don't rise completely, because some years. Yeah, that's, I've had that problem. But they're still good. Yeah. They're like eggy flat rolls in that aspect. If you don't know what a Yorkshire pudding is, it's just a roll. (laughs) I don't know. It's a popover with suet or beef fat as the fat. Right. So it's a little bit richer. Um, It is definitely more than just a dinner roll, but it is. Not pudding. <laughs> no, it's a popover. It's a popover. It's an eggy it's a popover, but instead of using butter, you use the fat that has been rendered from your beef roast. Yeah. Um, but again, from an expense standpoint, yeah, it it makes a big splash. It feels like kind of special. Yeah. The other thing you can do, our friend texted us in the break that they're doing salmon um, Wellington for people that don't like beef. You could do like popovers and do a seafood Newburgh. What's a sea- what is Newburgh? Um shellfish so shrimp lobster scallops and you make like a velouette velouté thank you <laughs> and you so is you it have a, a, is newberg a soup in your mind is newberg a, it's a stew it's, it's a like stew. a white okay. okay that's i was just trying to get to that stew definition that you can serve inside the popover oh oh i see what you're saying sort of like make a little like chowder yeah thing. like a newberg <laughs> That's uh, they used to have this. They used to serve it at Dayton's Boundary Waters restaurants when I worked there. It was very popular at the holidays. Uh, okay, do you need lefsa? Because at our house, one of the things that gets served at the Swedish Yule board, Yule board, the Yule board, Patrice, Yule board. You roll, you butter the lefsa, you sprinkle sugar on it, and you roll it into like fingers. Yeah. Have you had these? Wait, lefsa? Yeah, lefsa fingers. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't make lefsa. I don't. It's not part of my tradition. You can get it at Sarah's Tipsy Pies. Oh. In Stillwater. They're making it handmade every day. Just flat sheets of yep. lefsa. Yeah. They have they have lefsa at Lunds and Byerly's too. Do you, have, do you have any feelings about it? No. Okay. But, you know, right. I might go to Sarah's Tipsy well, Pies because I watched the lady make it. But she carries, they carry Sarah's Tipsy Pies. I'm wondering if they'd carry her lefsa no, too. No, they, they do don't. not. But okay. they do carry lefsa as well. Okay, got it. Got it's it. in a triangle in the cheese it is. section. I know. I think I, I sent that. Actually, our friend Kate, who moved to... Uh, Colorado. She tweeted once that she was craving like Minnesota traditional stuff, and I sent her meatballs and lefsa. That's nice. Like I FedExed them. Um, okay, so on to the cranberry orange drink syrup. Okay. This is so at Thanksgiving, you have cranberries left over, right? Yes. 
you can use these to make a cranberry drink syrup, or you can just buy fresh cranberries. It's one cup of cranberries to one cup of sugar. You boil it in a pan. Yes. You strain it. You get it all mushed down with your potato masher. Once it's the cranberries will pop open and release yeah, their juice. I love that. Strain the it. Popping. And then you have this delicious juice that you can use to make brunch drinks. You can use it to make um, old fashions and just have like a cranberry as the sweetener of the simple syrup yep, kind yep. of situation. You can use it in all kinds of things. You can use it to just uh, drizzle, uh, have a little lefsa dip. There's lots of things you can do with it. Honestly, if you're making a hot toddy, too. I made a hot toddy last night, and I was like, God, I just wanted a little bit of acid in there, something. And I think a little bit of cranberry syrup yeah. might have been like a nice little boost. It, just say, a little splash. It's kind of like, think of it as the sweetener, but also there's the tartness of That's, citrus a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. acidic to mm-hmm. it, which is great. So I usually make cranberry drink syrup, and sometimes I make cranberry orange drink syrup. just depends. Okay, here's the other stuff. So you've got the leftover schmudge because you've just from what squashed all that stuff down oh. and you've strained it and you've got the juice. So got you're it. left with what we'll just call the mash. The mash. That mash stirred into uh, breads or muffins is exceptional. Oh, so now you've got a breakfast situation in the morning. You've muffins got, would be great. Yeah, fresh. So you Cranberry make your muffin muffins. mix. Yeah. Pour half in the pan, then take a teaspoon of your schmush, yeah. then top it with the rest of the mix. And if you want to swirl it through just a little, you make can. It pink. Yeah. But you don't want to like. You don't want to mix it. No, because it will just be this giant pinky muffin. Okay, Unless you have kids and you, you want to have a pink muffin. muffin. Right. Everybody wants a pink muffin. Anyone don't you not? want a pink dusty muffin? Who doesn't? You do. Um, all right. So that's the other way you can use your smudge. Oh, we have a collar on the line. Should we take a collar? Sure. Let's do all it. All right. It is from Liz, and she has a prime rib question. Oh. Hello, Liz. Liz. Hi there. I would love to get your take on how to make a good prime rib. I need to be able to put it in and leave it for a few hours. We have and the not have to. We have the best news for you. It's called okay. a reverse sear. And oh. if you've heard us talk about it before. It's basically where you don't worry about, you basically stick it in the oven at a low, low temp, depending on like what your uh, size of the roast is and everything else. Um, I think I put it in at like, what, 250 or something like that? 250, 275. And you want it, to, you just want to like, and it can just kind of hang out in there for a couple hours. And then you're going to keep your temperature in there to make sure it gets to the temp that you want. If you want it medium rare to rare, you're at about 120. 115. Um, and then when it hits that temp, you take it out and you let it rest. You can let it rest for as long as you need to let it rest. And because okay. you're going to stick it back in the oven at a super high temp when you're, that's going to like sear the outside. So then that'll give it that final warm up and it'll kind of give you that crusty, crusty, salty outside if you do it like that. But it's almost virtually impossible to overcook it like that. Okay, so um, in one when I when I put it in at the super high temp, is that the four fifty? Yep, yep. Okay, four fifty. And how long does that usually take then to sear it? You know, it, that's or really going to be it? a few minutes. I mean, like it depends on your oven too, and maybe four fifty. Maybe I'd go four hundred, I guess. Or okay. I do four fifty. Would you go four fifty? Yeah, okay. and you're just gonna really keep your eye on that roast because yeah. you're just at that point trying to get that crusty top. That's it. It's just a sear, okay. so it's basically like giving it that sort of crusty edge. It's not actually cooking anything else in the roast anymore. So maybe like three or four minutes. That's it. Oh wow! Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's about a seven pound prime rib. Oh yes, okay. yum! I'm make sure you have the, the horseradish cream too. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. So All right, much. Liz. You bet.
Uh, okay, if you're making your your cranberry orange drink too, I forgot to tell you that you can use it in a mulled cider or a cranberry mule. If you have yes. a cranberry mule, it's delicious. Yeah. With vodka and ginger beer. I don't know if you even have vodka. I was thinking that the other day. I was like looking at the bottles. I'm like, I think I have one vodka and I think it already got used up this oh, year. Oh, wow. I have to go buy okay. more. Um, all right. Then last year, of course, I had a listener contact me from the Jason show that had an old Tom and Jerry bowl in the cups. And I drove out to her house during a snowstorm and I picked him up. So I'll be having a recipe that I'm going to do for Tom and Jerry. And then we also do eggnog. And Maker's Mark has a fantastic eggnog. Of course, they sponsor the show, but they also have a fantastic eggnog that I've made in years past. Yeah. And they have a great eggnog cookie recipe that I did this year. Um, And then, of course, I have a recipe for an apple cider cocktail and a champagne cocktail. Because I start the festivities with champagne every night. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I'm trying to decide what, that's the thing is like, go, you know, like we usually have like Bloody Marys right away in the morning, Yep. but then kind of like how, where do you go so that you're not asleep by three o'clock, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. But you're, and sh- and the problem with champagne for me is like, I love it and I do the same thing. I definitely start with it. And then I go, uh, now I have a headache. And I need a nap. Yeah. So I have to be, I have to be very judicious in my, I understand my drink planning. If you want a good, inexpensive champagne bubbly type situation to use for brunch mimosas, Scharfenberger is a good brand and they have it at Zurdix. Yeah. Or and they just, have it at other places too. Yeah. But. And the, the Jam uh, Sarah Cava is yes, always a great, I forgot about that one. Six bucks bottle, you guys. Yep. It's Saint, so good. Is it St. James or say, say it again? It's, it's, it's Jam. Now you said it and I, J A I M E. Castellano? Nope. I'm going to look it up now. It's okay. A, it's a Cava Jam Sarah, I think it is. Or Jam Sarah. Gosh, I don't know. We'll find it. it. We'll find it. We'll come back with it and we'll have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. 651 641 1071. You can ask us any questions about your roast. We've got someone holding on the line, Cindy, about her turkey. We'll get your call right when we come back on the weekly dish. I have my Grinch nail polish on. Green nails with one sparkly one. Do you think oh, I need only one sparkly one in the mix? One on each finger. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cute. Um, my husband's like, when are you getting rid of the green nail polish? I'm like, after Christmas. <laughs> uh, okay, we do have a call on the line from Cindy. We're going to talk to you about turkey, Cindy. If you want to call yeah. with questions or gifts, ideas, 651-641-1071. Hi, Cindy. Let's oh, talk hi. turkey. Yes. Okay. So we missed as a, a family Thanksgiving and then I was thinking it would be fun. I just was watching the show, and they had those large turkey drumsticks. Is yeah. Is that what they're called? And wondering about a good seasoning. or Yeah. So you're going to make the large turkey drumsticks like at the Renaissance Festival. Yes. Yeah. Got, got, it, got it. Got it. I'm going to change your life right now. Okay. My very favorite poultry seasoning for turkeys, for chickens, is Heather's Dirty Goodness Original. You can order it online at dirtygoodness.com, or you can find it at Kowalski's in the meat section up on the top shelf. Okay, I'm running quick here. Okay. Uh, (laughs) And Heather's Dirty Dirty Goodness Goodness Original. Original. Okay, I'm going to go to Kowalski's. It's just perfect. It's great. Okay. It's perfect on a roast chicken. It's perfect in chicken noodle soup. Stephanie's laughing. It's perfect with chicken broth. No, I love it. I love it. It's I was laughing to get something online. You can use it on potatoes. It's amazing. Okay. Okay, great. Okay. All right. So then, um, can I ask you another quick one? Sure. Um, so the next day we have other family and we want to do um, pad thai. Oh. Good luck on that. No. 
<laughs> so, yeah. okay. Well, I practiced with the noodle. Oh, good. Yeah, so I I did a practice run on that and then with the shrimp. And then I tried just this, like, packaged pad thai season. It just wasn't very tasty. Okay. Any thoughts on that recipes? Um, okay, here's what. I think you have to make your own sauce. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Don't buy a package okay. of any flavoring for that. I would say concentrate on fish sauce, concentrate on good chili you know, additions, um, and, and, and like, I would find, I mean, it's, we're going to look for a, you can use creamy peanut butter. Oh, well, that's a peanut for a peanut sauce. Yeah. It's a creamy peanut butter, um, pad thai, but here's the thing with traditional, that's a peanut. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Putting peanuts on it. But I would say that if you want to, I would, cause that to me is a factor that could go kind of wrong a little bit, but here's the thing. Any kind of this, if you're going to make a sauce, it's all based on taste, right? So you're going to use soy sauce. You're going to use fish sauce. You're going to use chili paste. You're going to use maybe some sriracha. You're going to use some sambal olik. You might use peanut butter. You might use lime juice. It's kind of this idea of creating a sauce that is to your taste. And each one is a little bit different, but they're all sort of based in brown oyster, brown sugar, fish sauce. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'll kind of look at some recipes for that. Mm -hmm. And then last, I just wanted to ask, or I was going to go on your website, you know, you mentioned, and I don't know if it's related to your show or what, um, that you all um, are a Stephanie Aborton um, overseas uh, trip to... um, Costa Rica. uh, Costa Rica. And I I wanted to look at some information on that. You can find a link for that on my website, stephaniesdish.com, and it's under travel. Okay. And please do, because we're going to go in April, and it's going to be fun. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I just started cooking at, with the pandemic and stuff. Anyway, um, I at work, we, uh, yeah, a, a, anyway, it's just kind of fun. I, I love it, Cindy. You sound like you're yeah. on an adventurous path, so thanks yes, for calling. I so I appreciate your show. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, she's fun. Okay. I know. She's making pad thai, that's fun. I know, that's a, great, that's a great idea, and I didn't mean to say that there wasn't peanut butter. I just worried about, like, don't get sugared peanut butter. If you're going to do that, do natural peanut butter, because that'll throw you off. That's all I wanted to say. True, and it's you know got I mean? a creamier consistency. Yeah, it does, so just think about it that way, but... What would you say, Steph? Uh, Here's a question that came in on email. I'm a religious listener to your podcast. Uh, Am I crazy or are there no New Year's Eve meal kits available? Last year we did an eight course, I think, from Burrow, and it was fabulous. But my search is coming up short. Yeah, they just started. They kind of had a holiday meals. um, You know, like all the holiday meals came out and they first came out like kind of very Christmassy and stuff. And so... There wasn't, I agree with you, there wasn't people, I don't know if they were trying to, like, game whether they should be doing New Year's Eve kits or not, but a lot of them are, um, you know, now offering, you know, kits that kind of last throughout the whole season, which I think is great, because that week between Christmas and New Year's, there's so many gatherings that if you can do a kit, if you can do a pickup kit, you know, for any of those times, that's a great idea. I hope that they do that. We have a list on the, on the website, on the MSP Mag website. Oh, we should link that. Yeah, and so I'll put that up, and there's a number of those in there. I feel like Holman's Table is doing a New Year's Eve kit. That's the one that recently just popped up into my head. I feel like Mason Jar also. Um, but there's a whole bunch of bit lists on Grand there. Grand so, Cafe, yep. she has some stuff. Yeah, all of, all of the Jamie Malone kits are available, too. A lot of questions have been coming in, too, to my Twitter about Christmas dinners. And where can we get a good Christmas dinner? And 
I'm not going to be like going out. Yeah. Like, here's what I'm going to tell you. You're going to end up at a hotel, yeah. which is not necessarily bad. No, it's not bad at all. But that's where you should be looking for Christmas dinner situations because a lot of places are not going to be open unless they're in a hotel. So we so actually there was. Yeah, we had a question from someone who came in um, who said that she was they were by their she and her husband. They were looking for somewhere festive. They were going to drive. I said the Normandy Inn in uh, the Normandy restaurant in downtown Minneapolis is feels like it's decked out. It's you guys. Hogwarts. It is, it is de- it is definitely feels like you're in this little sort of English cottage and they decorate it so beautifully and that's open on Christmas Day. Nicollet Island Inn, same. Same with mm-hmm. them. Um WA Frost I think is open on Christmas Day. And so that is also decorated in beautifully old world feeling. It's very traditional feeling if you want. Um uh what was the other one that I told her to go to? Ewing Hotel, Layla at the Sheridan. Yeah. Um, I think Radisson Blue will be having a Christmas service. Um, I think on um oh, so then like there's a couple things. Yeah, Normandy Kitchen, Manello. Manello, beautifully Italian hotel. Yeah, that's in the Ivy. That one is open. Um, funny enough, Stepchild is open. Huh. I know on Christmas Day. Across from Surdex, they do a great job. And they have a great little that's kind of a little bit more fun and funky. Um, and go to Rainbow Chinese. I mean, the Chinese folks are always open on your Christmas days. Are you sure, though? Because no, I don't even... I'll go look though while you're looking. Sorry, <laughs> as soon as I said it, I but... know you got to be careful. Um, Sakana Sushi is open. I will say that. Um, and then um, I'm just looking at Talk, by the way. So some of the ones like Pub 18 or Pub 819 in Hopkins and Dukes on Seven. You know the craft and and crew guys. The block, local, those are all open. The local on West End is open too, and I thought that was a fun one. For that's got kind of a pubby good feel for Christmas Day too. If you want to go a little bit more casual, but still get that like old world charm thing, the local West End is open for that. That's okay, good. they've got Christmas Eve takeout. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. And pick up on Christmas Eve, but it's all takeout. Yeah, I think they're up. still doing that. I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're not for even door. open. No. So, so poor Sammy. Go. I love Tammy. All right, there we go. Yeah, we're going to be back. We've got a great second hour for you, presented by our friends at Knob Creek, Maker's Mark, Hornitos, you know, all your holiday spirits. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish.